I'm so glad you're here. Good to, ha good to have you here. Happy Mother's Day. Today's a special day uh, for moms, and it's also a special day for us at Abundant Life. In addition to that, because we're having Compassion Sunday today, and I'm going to tell you more about that in just a moment. When I was in college, my year, uh, four-year undergraduate work, and I was in college, I was in a youth ministry. And when I graduated from college, I was leaving that church to move to Indianapolis. And I remember when I left that church where I was the youth pastor, so I worked with children and students, the leader of the church came to me, and he looked me in the eye, and he says, I'm so sorry that we failed you. And I said, what do you mean you failed me? He says, because you're not going on to be a senior pastor and you're going to continue to work with children and with youth. And so he had this perception that anybody who pastored children and youth, there was kind of a lesser ministry and that the real ministry took place with adults. Okay, and, and so I said, you know what? You didn't fail me, and, and I, I won't get into all of that, but I want to tell you something. When we moved here to start this church, when Ann and I moved here almost 27 years ago now, one of the primary focuses of our church was children's ministry. We focused on children, and it was a high priority for us, and it continues to be a very high priority for us today. And I think you and I have this incredible privilege and opportunity to partner with our awesome Heavenly Father in loving and caring for children because children are so important to the heart of God, and they're important to the heart of this church as well. When I look at the Scripture... I find that there are really only three places where Jesus got angry. And that's when, um, and, and one of those three had to do with children. And I want to show you that in, in just a few moments here today. When I think about the fact that children are so close to the heart of God, I mean, second, really to nothing else, children are close to his heart. You have to understand also that because they're so close to his heart, they're also, I believe, the prime target of the enemy. And so if the enemy wants to attack the heart of God, where does he attack? He attacks children. And if you look at the culture in which you're living today, the violence and the sexual assault and, and the exploitation and child labor and everything that you see going on in a culture today that's directed toward children today is, is just horrific. And I just can't help but think that it must tear at the heart of God when he sees the atrocities that are taking place in this world today. And so he got angry through times I see Jesus three times getting angry in scripture one of those was when uh, some moms were bringing their children for Jesus to pray and and he got upset about some stuff that was going on so I want to take you to a passage of scripture and and you'll see it there in Matthew chapter 19 then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and to pray for them but the disciples rebuked them, okay? They're kind of getting in the way. They're doing crowd control, and they're saying, he doesn't have time for you and for your children. And then Jesus says, no, no, no. Let the little children, you let them come to me, and do not hinder them. Do not get in the way. Don't stop them. Don't, don't you block their path. Don't you hinder them, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, stop and think about it for just a moment. Jesus is not running for a political office, okay? So he's not kissing babies and, and all that stuff because he's running for some political office. And he's not posing for the camera, okay? He's not standing in front of, of cameras and stuff like that and posing for a picture. 
There's no, there is no ulterior motive whatsoever in the heart of Jesus when he brings these children up because he, he simply loves children and, and he recognizes their intrinsic worth. And so he says, don't hinder them. Don't you stop them from coming into my presence. Now, when you read that, it seems like it's, it's a rather tame incident. But if you go to Mark's gospel, he gives us a little bit of additional insight that we don't see in Matthew. In Mark's record in chapter 10, it says, when the people were bringing children to him to place his hands on them, the disciples rebuked them. Here's the, here's the addition. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, okay? He was indignant. He was angry. He was incensed. He was outraged. I mean, he was mad. In, in fact, you could, you could say he almost came unglued when they were shushing the children and saying, you, don't, you know, he didn't have time and all this stuff. Now, we have to ask the question, why was Jesus so upset? What, what caused him to be incensed about what he was witnessing and what he was seeing? Well, in order for you and me to understand that, we, we have to press the pause button. So everybody press the pause button. Okay, now hit the rewind button. And we're going to go back in time about two or three or four days, just a little bit back in time, where Jesus is on his way to Capernaum and the disciples and he are walking down the road to Capernaum. Jesus walks up on them, and he overhears a conversation that they're having. When they get to Capernaum, we pick it up, and it's in Mark chapter 9. Then they came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked him, hey, what were you guys arguing about out on the road? Okay, as if he didn't know. He knew, but they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Okay, so you get the picture. They're walking down the road. They're arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom and like little children, acting like little children, childish. And so in verse 35, Okay, sitting down, I can just picture Jesus pulling up a chair, taking a deep breath. <sighs> okay, guys, come here. Gather around. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. So he called the 12 and he says, listen, anyone who wants to be first must be what? Last. He needs to be very last and the servant of all. Because we're now about three years into Jesus' ministry, so it's coming to an end. And all the teaching, all the coaching, all the training, all the mentoring, all the examples that Jesus had set for his disciples, it's like, you guys, you're not getting it. You're not understanding what really is important in the kingdom. And so what he does is he calls this little boy and he stands the little boy in front of them. And they're thinking, well, what's this got to do with us and with the conversation that we're having right now? So you go to verse 36. He took a little child whom he placed among them and taking the child in his arms, he said to them, listen, guys, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Now stop and think about it for just a moment. Nobody else probably even gave any notice to that child that day. In fact, to many people, he was probably in the way. And, and you were raised, some of you, in homes where the parents' mentality was, you know, you know, you be seen, but don't be heard, okay? And the less you're noticed, the better off, okay? The less we hear from you, the better off. And, and that's probably, you know, kind of what their mentality is here. And so he brings this little child, and he stands him front and center. And, and yeah, I don't know how long, but I'll bet it's long enough that they're trying to figure out, what's he up to? What's, what's Jesus doing by bringing this kid up in front of us? So we go to Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 18, and this is what he said. Listen, guys, I tell you the truth. Unless you change 
Okay, guys, you're arguing and you're fighting over who's the greatest. Unless you change, circle that word change. I'm going to come back to it in just a second. Unless you change and you become like little children, like this little boy here, you'll never enter into the kingdom of heaven. That word change, it's a powerful word that Jesus is using here. He's talking about more than just, you know, a behavior modification. He's talking about more than just changing your perspective or altering it. The word change is the same word that's used in Acts chapter 2 where Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he said to the people, you need to rep repent and turn back to God. You need to change your ways and you need to repent and you need to turn back to God. That's the force of the word he's using. Because what Jesus is basically saying, listen, guys, you've demonstrated to me that you can be childish. What I need for you to be is childlike. I, mean, I need for you to be more trusting. I need for you to be more humble and teachable and curious. And so Jesus goes on. He continues this little discussion with the disciples in Matthew 18, verses 4 and 5. He says, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child, that's who's the greatest in the kingdom. That's the one who's the greatest. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. I mean, wow, if you want to know what Jesus thinks about children, he says, whenever you do an act of kindness, whenever you prefer a child over something else and you do something for a child, it's just as if you were doing it for God himself. It's just as if you're doing it for me. But then he goes even a little bit farther and he begins talking about acts of of a sin, acts of commission against children, okay, acts of violence and all this stuff against children. In verse 6, he says, listen, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned into the depths of the sea, okay? That's the priority that Jesus puts on children. And I can only imagine in that moment, can, can you stop and think, can you imagine that maybe even Jesus in that moment, he, he sees down through the corridors of time. And he sees the child soldiers. He sees the child pornography. He sees the sexual perversion and all the stuff that goes on that's perpetrated against these innocent little children in our society today. And he says it would be better for that person if they just had a big old brick, a millstone put around their neck, and somebody just toss them in the sea and let them drown. That's, that's, the, that's the force of what Jesus is saying and, and what he believes about children. But if you take it to the other end of the spectrum, you know, not sins of commission, but sins of omission. Because sometimes we don't do things against children. It's just that we don't recognize the importance of children. And so Jesus doesn't leave that, that for a loophole. He, he just doesn't let that happen. In verse 10, he says, see to it that you do not despise that you do not despise. That means to look down on or to neglect. See to it that you do not neglect one of these little ones because I tell you that they're angels in heaven. They always see the face of my father in heaven. Okay, now push the play button. Okay, now we're fast-forwarding back to where we left off the scene when I started. Jesus is with all these Pharisees, and he's talking adult topics like divorce and all this stuff. And there are moms there bringing their children for Jesus to, to, to bless them. 
I can picture in the crowd that day, there was a little boy who was probably hiding behind Peter and maybe peering out from, you know, behind his robe and, and kind of waving at Jesus, trying to get his attention or something like that. And there probably would have been a little girl over here who's maybe holding a daisy that she picked and she just wants to give it to Jesus. And, and I'll bet while Jesus is teaching, he's having this really serious adult conversation about divorce with Pharisees and that he probably catches the eye of one of those little kids and just probably kind of winks and just smiles. And the disciples are probably thinking, I wish you could stay focused. I just, you know, doesn't he realize, doesn't he realize who he's speaking to? He's talking to these adults and he's winking at children. And, and, and it's, it's at this moment that, that they begin, shh, shh, tell your children to be quiet. No, this is not the time to be bringing your children before Jesus. It's at this moment that Jesus becomes incensed. He's indignant. And, and what he's communicating is, guys, listen, you're putting your focus on all the wrong people. If you want to put your focus on something, put it on children because that's what matters to me. And so he became indignant. He became incensed. He became unglued. And he was angry at them because he just finished teaching them about this. And now they're still not getting it. So all of that to, to ask you this question. Why does Abundant Life Church have a children's ministry that is second to none in this city because your children matter. Your children matter to us and your grandchildren matter to us. Why does Abundant Life plant not one, but two churches in Ecuador? Why do we have a ministry to orphans in Uganda? Because children around the world matter to God. And so as I read this story, as I look at these scriptures that help us to see so clearly the heart of God, what does that mean for you and me today at Abundant Life Church? I believe there are two inescapable implications from this teaching. And here's the first one. Children matter immensely to God, and therefore they should matter to us. Children matter immensely to God. And therefore, they should matter to us. They should matter to me. They should matter to every one of us. And here's the second thing. When I stand for children, I stand for the heart of God. I stand for the heart of Jesus when I stand for children. And so this morning, my prayer for you, I have two prayers for you. One of those prayers is that if you have not come to faith in Jesus... If you haven't crossed the line of faith and you haven't given your heart to Jesus, that you would humble yourself as a little child and you would give your heart to Jesus. In fact, I'm going to stop the message right now. And I normally do this at the end of the message. This is not the end of the message. Okay. So don't get up and leave. Okay. But I'm going to stop the message right now and just ask you to bow your head. And if you're here and you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus and, and your desire is to humble yourself as a little child before God then I invite you to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. And for those of you who've made the decision, if you'd also repeat it uh, along with them. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Today, I humble myself before you. And Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. I choose to follow you. I pray this in your name. Amen. That's my first prayer. I hope that some of you made the decision today to, follow, to start following Jesus and to humble yourself as a little child before Jesus. Here's the second thing I'm praying for you today. I'm praying that you will sponsor one of the children 
in our church in Ecuador, in one of our churches. We have children in both churches that need sponsors. And I pray that you will be one of the people who will sponsor one of those children. After our first service, I think we've got about 60, 65 children have already been sponsored. And so, yeah, let's give it up. I think that is awesome. And I pray that you will be one of them who will sponsor another 100 children before, you know, you leave here today. Now, we have a really special guest today, and I'm excited for you. The reason I'm preaching such a short sermon, and some of you are thinking, man, I wish you could do this every week. But the reason I'm preaching such a short sermon is because we have uh, a special guest today. And, and I want to invite to the stage uh, a young lady whose name is Kiwi, and she's from the Philippines. So would you help me welcome Kiwi? she come to the stage. Kiwi, welcome today to Abundant Life Church. It's a pleasure to have you here. If you can find a way to get here, we've got to clear a path, for, you know, to make it a little bit simpler. There's your microphone right there. Have a seat and make yourself at home. Well, this is Kiwi, and Kiwi is from the Philippines. And uh, she arrived in town last night. My wife and I had the uh, wonderful opportunity of going out to dinner with her and talking and learning a little bit about her story. And I'm excited for you to hear her story too. So, so Kiwi, you are, you're married. Yes, I am. And what's your husband's name? My husband's name is Terry Cook, and he's a chef. <laughs> and he's a chef. Isn't that great? I love that. I love that. <laughs> and so you don't have any children yet. None yet. Okay, but you're praying, and maybe one of these days God will bless you with yes. some children. What I love about Kiwi is this. Kiwi uh, was sponsored through the Compassion Program. And so I've asked her to come here and, and to share her story. It's an incredible story. And, and so, Kiwi, the floor is yours. Share your amazing testimony and story with us. Um, before that, I want to say good morning. Magandang umaga from our, from our language. Mm. Um, my real name is Kiwani. It sounds Hawaiian, but I'm not from Hawaii. <laughs> I'm from the Philippines. Born and raised to a very poor family. In addition to that, I was born uh, with an alcoholic dad. Mm -hmm. Three brothers ahead of me uh, died because of lack of medical attention. They were born, but they died in the first or second week of life. Mm -hmm. My third brother, he was supposed to be born C-section, mm -hmm. but my parents th doesn't have the money for that operation. So what they did, they cut my mom open without anesthesia. Mm -hmm. My mom screamed for pain, uh, as she has told me, but my brother didn't survive. When I was a young kid, I have another sister who's alive. Me and my sister, we can't sleep at night. We would tell our parents, Mom, Dad, we were so hungry. Um, we can't sleep. But even the basic necessities, we would settle for rice and soy sauce, mm -hmm. rice or salt for our daily meal. Mm. I remember I would uh, watch TV on our neighbor's television, a very, very small television, but I was just pretending to watch. I would look at their table mm. and see food, mm. and I would think to myself, what happened? Mm. Like, what's wrong with us? Mm. There were a time when apples were imported from America to the Philippines. Mm. I always tell this story. Would beg my mom, mom, please, I want to buy an apple. But even a rotten apple, my parents could not uh, afford. At that young age, I was questioning what's wrong. But you know what? God is good. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, who is a, a drunkard, drunk all the time, picked up a packet 
from the floor, a reading material about Jesus Christ, and he went to this church. And in that church, he received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And for the very first time, he went home sober. My mom was so surprised. Yeah, let's give God a clap for that. From then on till today, he has stopped drinking. And my mom was saying, what happened to you? What's wrong with you? It's not your normal. And my mom said, I, I, my dad said, hey, I want you to come with me. I want you to come to this church mm-hmm. because I received Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So when we go to that church, I would hear it's, it's in Sunday school that Jesus is love, mm-hmm. that Jesus will provide. But at the back of my mind, mm-hmm. if that is the Jesus, mm-hmm. what's wrong with our family then? Mm-hmm. Does Jesus not see us? <laughs> Does he, he, uh, are we cursed? But you know what? At the age of seven, somebody from Australia mm. picked up a packet and, and sponsored me. Mm. And the very first thing in that letter, he said, Kiwi, you are pretty. Mm. Kiwi, Jesus loves you. Mm. Mm. I've never thought of myself as pretty. I've never thought of myself as, as beautiful. Mm. Maybe when you're in poverty, you don't think of those things. You think that beautiful is just for kids with nice clothes. Mm-hmm. So I begin to realize that this Jesus mm-hmm. saw me. This Jesus sees me. Now I want to stop you for just a second. You were seven years old, okay, and, and somebody somewhere in Australia uh, was probably at a church service or maybe at some event, and it maybe was a compassion event, and they picked up a packet that would have been something like this. And it happened to be you. Your, your picture would have been on the front of that. Um, they didn't know you from anybody, but they somehow picked that packet. Wow, seven years old. Yes, at the wow. age of seven. Wow, okay, yeah, go ahead. So I would come to the Compassion Program, and my teacher in Compassion, she said, Kiwi, this might be your reality, this might be your situation in poverty, but this is not your destiny. Mm. In Jeremiah 29, 11, Jesus said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. And at that time, I received Jesus Christ as how my personal Lord. How, how I was seven. You were seven when you received Jesus. Okay. All right. And I said, Lord, in your word, in Jeremiah, if you seek, he said, if you seek me, mm-hmm. you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So I begin to dream dreams. I begin to seek the Lord. I begin to memorize his verses. And um, when it comes time to high school, I told my mom, Mom, I want to get out of this situation. I want to be educated. I want to go to college. But uh, how? How are we going to do that? At the time, my mom has become a Christian. And she said, you know what? In God's word, he said, he who began a good work in you Mm -hmm. will be faithful to complete it. Mm -hmm. And God will provide so when it comes time to graduate high school, somebody from Compassion said, Kiwi, you're going to go to college. And that person who is testifying about the God's goodness is a physical therapist right now. I received high score for my exam as a physical therapist. And I said, Lord, I really want to see my sponsors. I really want to see them and thank them. Because they've changed my life. So you had never met your sponsor? I have never met my sponsor. So how old are you now at this point? In at that life? point, I was 24. It has been four to five years that I haven't contacted them. Okay. 
Okay. They haven't wrote me because I was I graduated from the program already. Okay. And you know what? I went to Australia <laughs> and met my sponsors. <laughs> that great. Now there's a whole lot more to you just going to Australia and meeting your sponsor. Tell, tell us how that happened. Um, they di I didn't know that I'm going to meet my sponsors. So why did you go to Australia? Were you, I mean, you were there for an event. Um, um, because I, I had a high score for topping my, my licensure exam, I would testify about the goodness of the Lord. And there were sponsors from Australia who came and heard me. Okay. And they said, Kiwi, we want to invite you to Australia. Mm. I've never thought I'm going to meet my sponsors. They wow. don't know also. But at the event, they said, what do you remember about your sponsors? I said, I will never ever forget how they supported me. They don't know me. They're not related to me, but they love me unconditionally. And they said, now you're going to meet my, your sponsors. And they were walking to the stage. <laughs> I can't contain myself, but run to them and hug them. I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. You've changed my life, not only my life, but my family's life. And I know one day my community, yeah. because my mom is now a, a pastor of a small community church in oh. the Philippines. Wow. And your dad is helping her. And my dad is helping her. <laughs> yeah. um, four years ago... I got married. I went here to work as a physical therapist seven years ago. And four years ago, I got married. I invited my family over. Remember the apple story? I took my parents to an apple orchard. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was picking up apples from the ground. And I said, no, dad, God has blessed us more exceedingly abundantly, more than we could ever ask or think. We're now able to pick up apples from the tree. Wow. wow. I know God has blessed me to be a blessing to other people. Yes. And I've sponsored two kids from the Philippines. And two years ago, I met them. Uh -huh. And I told them, hang in there. Yeah. God has a plan for you guys. I believe that one day, God will give you a platform mm. to tell and testify how awesome Gracious, loving, and compassionate mm. our God is. Mm. And I know that God is not yet done with me and with my sponsor kids. Yeah. So if I'm, yeah, in that grace, or, I mean, what a fantastic story. So if I'm getting the timetable right, you started in the compassion program when you were seven, and your sponsor uh, sponsored you until you were 21. So for 14 years, they sponsored you, never met until you were like 24, and in a surprise way, you got to meet your sponsor, and uh, oh my God. answers the desires of your heart. He, yes, <laughs> he does. And now you're sponsoring children of your own, and you spoke a similar blessing over them that was spoken over you. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. What would, it, it wouldn't be an understatement to say that when this person in Australia happened to pick your packet that he literally rewrote your story. Yes, yes he did. How, what would you say to our church family here as we encourage, because uh, Abundant Life wants to rewrite the stories of children, what would you say to our family? Um, to your church, um, I don't know what's going on with your life, but God sees it, God knows it, and it still amazes me how God uses ordinary people yeah. to change other people's lives, mm. like what my sponsor did to me. Yeah. God 
gave us the opportunity to be his hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an amazing, amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Bible, he said, go to the, all the nations preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know not all of us can go, but mm-hmm. we can tell those children, hey, there's a God. There's a God that cares for you. There's a God that loves you, that has a plan for you. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you, you know, to extend that mm-hmm. to a child and to just tell them that, hey, you have a future, yeah. that God, God sees you. The very first thing you said, God uses ordinary people. Most of us in this room think, you know, I really don't have a whole lot to offer God. I'm just an ordinary kind of person. But the difference um, that we as ordinary people can make by sponsoring children has an impact that literally um, is be almost beyond words. To think of, of that person's act to sponsor you when you were seven, and now what you have become and what God is able to do in your life is you, you can't put a price on that for sure. And, and so I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I tell people, uh, Kiwi, from time to time, uh, you know, in America, we, we so strive for success. But I will challenge people, quit striving for success and strive for significance. Choose to, to live a significant life and get success out of the way and be significant. And I think one of the greatest ways you and I can be significant is to, to impact people through sponsoring children because it's doing something that's not only impacting the life of one child, but it literally does a whole family and eventually a whole community. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story. That's a phenomenal story. Yeah, give, give Kiwi a hand. Yes. We want to pray with you. Kiwi. Kiwi is going to uh, go back uh, to the sponsor table, and I want to challenge you to sponsor a child. Some of you are thinking, I can't afford to do that. Pray about it. I encourage you to pray about it. Some of you, it's, it's not a question of money at all. It, some of you think, what's it cost to sponsor a child? It's, it's $38 a month, $38 a month. And, uh, and while that's relatively small, I know that's probably a lot for some people, but for others, it's not that much. And it, it is a big commitment because uh, when you sponsor a child, uh, you were sponsored for 14 years. Your story is interesting because we sponsored three children, and Ebony's our most recent one, and she's in Ecuador, and she was six. And I'm so excited, uh, Kiwi, to watch her grow and to watch her develop into a, a beautiful young lady like you and, and see what God does in her life. And, and uh, I just challenge you, $38 a day. Uh, it's through compassion. People have asked the question, what about compassion? I, I trust compassion like I trust no other organization and, and how they are financially responsible and, with, and, and how they care for and minister to children. Today, uh, if you go back and sponsor, uh, you'd get a packet like this, and it has a description about the child, and, um, and there'll be people back at the table who can help you. Uh, while they last, we, we have um, a copy of West Stafford's book, uh, too small to ignore. And uh, if you're a sponsor today, we'll give you a copy of this book. It's a, it's a wonderful book. You remember Wes was with us uh, just back, I think, in September or something like of last year. Kiwi, I want to pray for you and just uh, thank God for his hand on your life. And, and again, thank you for being with us today. Would you join me as we pray? Father, I'm so grateful that you are at work in this world in, in ways that are just um, indescribable. Lord, you connect people and you arrange circumstances and you intersect lives and you bring people together in just many, many different ways. 
I'm so grateful, Lord, for the, for the, for the man in Australia who had the heart to sponsor a child that he didn't even know and probably figured he'd never, ever see. But he changed Kiwi's life. And as a result, Lord, uh, a whole family has been changed. And, and even communities are being changed. And the gospel is being spread even further. Lord, I pray for your continued blessings on Kiwi. I pray that you continue to use her as a mighty instrument in your hands to testify to your goodness and to your greatness in her life. And Lord, that you'll use her to impact many others for your kingdom. We give you the praise and we give you the glory for this. And we thank you for the opportunity to serve others in this way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.